RHD 107.9 Life. James here with you, joined with another veritable treasure trove of guest host talent. Uh, all of us scattered all around to all corners of the winds of Adelaide, thanks to our virtual conferencing technological marvel of a world in which we live right now. Um, Katie Panton, back for the first time since the RHD Awards, I think. Is that right? Yes, I am. Oh, and I saw that in the Southern Cross today in the newspaper version, you're, there's a big picture of you in there. Yeah, I know. How strange is that? With full kind of because you won a whole stack of awards <laughs> at the at the day what was that like i don't think i've caught up with you since then about that experience of kind of like um hearing your name called over and over and over and over again yeah it was super surreal i listened to the podcast with like my family and i like hadn't told them any of it so that was like super exciting because we like mimicked the award ceremony at home which was nice no. to share it with them how'd you do that how did you mimic it? Well, like, we, like, listened to the podcast and I, like, brought the trophies out when they announced them and it was just a oh, bit funny. Nice. So what was their reaction like as it just kept on going and going and the more awards kept happening? Mum was super proud. She was really – everyone was. But, yeah, it was just really special. Yeah, they are just really proud of me and happy. Yeah, it was really nice. How many people did you have over? Um, Only two. I don't have a lot of family in Australia. <laughs> Okay. And uh, Tom Basso, great to have you back, mate. Thank you, James Messon. Uh, good to be here. Well, not here, but- <laughs> How's your week been? You know, yeah, not too bad. Pretty much staying at home, but um, looks like we're slowly getting out of the- well, Restrictions are slowly easing, so- It does, doesn't it? So, yeah, we saw um, at the beginning of this week, things are kind of like calming down a little bit. Yeah. Um, we can sort of start to sort of like go out in, in, in more limited ways. But I think they're talking about June. Is that right? It's uh, like it's being revisited again at the beginning of June yeah, yeah. to see what might be happening. Mm, fingers crossed. Rachel Park. Hello. Great to have you back, buddy. How are you doing? What's been taking up most of your time? I'm good. Um, what has been taking up most of my time? Oh, I spent Sunday, I spent the weekend fitting 40 hours worth of semester work into 12. <laughs> Dude, that's your superpower, you know. It, it was it was a very strange um, time because usually it takes me 40 hours to do four hours worth of uni work, but I seem to have um, reversed that somehow. If you can fit 40 hours of work into 12 hours successfully, I seriously need to get some tips from you about doing stuff. It's... Because that's remarkable. Yeah. Um, the way I usually tend to go about doing it is getting so sick of um, wanting or feeling like the pressure to do work and procrastinating is that you get really annoyed at yourself and then you get really annoyed at the work you have to do and then you just decide to sit there and get it all done in one go. I'm totally that way. I was always a last-minute assignment person and I just get so um, – I, I have to feel that desperation about going, oh, the deadline is like a pro I need that adrenaline mm. to get me to get me to do I it. I think I'm Tom Basso, I, I imagine you are not that person. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm not a last minute operator. I'm a, I'm an early Are, are you I'm a, early are you a well you're an early minute. Yeah. yeah. I will never for my life understand people like you, sir. Well this boy responsible. I respect it. <laughs> you respect it. I respect I'm it good. immensely. Oh, I respect it and and I, I idolize it, if nothing else. I absolutely Absolutely, like think that that you're a, a kind of like this weird sort of superior being, but I'll never understand how you go. Well, yeah, I know three weeks due to the assignment, but I'll just get it done now. You know, like I'll just knock it off. That's just how our uh, superior you, beings work, James. It's just how we operate. So I'll, ne I'll just never understand, no matter how much I learn about. That's it. how I want to be, but instead, it's 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 very much the opposite. <laughs> 
How about you, Katie Panton? Where do you sit in that hole um, on that continuum? Well, I just finished assignment that's not due till June 14, so I think okay. that's... All right, let's just settle down, <laughs> shall we? They flexing on us, James. They flexing on us. I just, See, I like. I just feel like they're yeah that this is this is turning into some sort of like weird turf war. <laughs> See, if we had a group assignment, Katie and I would this be sort of rap battle, and you and Rachel together would be hopeless. <laughs> That's all how it work. Oof. Yeah, if if we were actually to get together for a turf war, you guys would like rock up like two hours early. <laughs> And we and we'd like we'd like rock up like five in minutes my view before. of guy like no I'd rock up because I have this weird thing that I go if you're actually under twelve minutes late you're not actually late <laughs> where does twelve <laughs> minutes come from I don't know I had this theory that I developed uh, when I was at uni that that the that the window of actually still being on time was twelve minutes once you're thirteen minutes late you're actually technically late but if you're within twelve minutes you can kind of go yeah you know you said see. This is what I think is the ish. I'll meet you at five-ish. Five-ish is anywhere between 4.55 and 5.12. This is like the old thing at school where people used to say, if a teacher doesn't rock up in 15 minutes, you can legally leave. For some that's what that's what the uh, common knowledge that true? in my class yeah. was. Legally, uh, you can leave. Why was that a thing? I'm, I'm not sure what law that is, school. but legally you can. I don't think we even waited 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so okay. you could re- you are you serious that like that if you were just like literally walking around the school that I was I was about to say Mr Schumacher thinking that was going to relate to Katie but then it sort of relates to you too was Mr Schumacher the principal when you were there Tom? yeah yeah like my last year he was it was his first year oh because yeah, he went to cab from Cabra to Ross Trevor yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we've got a big show, guys. I'm glad we got that all sorted out. So if you guys are thinking of actually staging a turf war, make sure that you that you say it about half an hour before you're really intending to get going because um, uh, Rachel and I will still be out getting coffee. Yeah. So <laughs> coffee's important. Um, Can't stay awake otherwise. We're going to be chatting about a whole bunch of stuff uh, today, uh, so much stuff that I can't even really get into it. Tom Basso, Rachel Park, Katie Panton are the co-hosts virtual co-hosts here on RHD today. We were just having a bit of a conversation off air. Tom Basso, all about conspiracy theories. Our favourite thing, conspiracy theories. It's Um, peak conspiracy theory at the moment. Time, isn't it? Because of what's happening, isn't it? Oh, there's so many conspiracy theories floating around. And it's news overload as well, which breeds conspiracy theories as well. And especially if there's a big event, people's minds have to have an equally big conspiracy theory. Otherwise, they just can't comprehend it. I think that's what I found. And I've got a bit of an interest in conspiracy theories. Not that I'm a conspiracy theorist necessarily, but in year 12 at school, I had to do a big speech in front of the whole cohort. And every year we have to do a speech in front of the cohort. And my speech in year 12 was about conspiracy theories. Now, I know we're not a visual medium, but I had a... Did you choose that? I chose that. Or did you you have to give a speech about something and you chose that? Why did you choose that? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think it's, there's just a lot to work with with conspiracy theories because there's a lot of crazy, crazy conspiracy theories that are happening, I think. And I wore a tinfoil hat, which I've got here for you, James. I wrote my own tinfoil hat. But I just think... That's a really nice tinfoil hat, actually. Yeah, there it is. So I wear that every every night to keep the aliens away. It looks like a... a, People can't see it, but it sort of looks like a a silver gum nut. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So there it is. It's like... It looks as if, you know, sort of like the the Roman wars were fought by eucalyptus trees. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the helmet they wore. (laughs) Exactly what I was going for. So that was was a lot of fun. And I realised... 
there was so many like crazy conspiracy theories that I discovered, including that the world was run by lizards, lizard people. Um, including oh, I've heard that yeah, one. the yeah. reptilian That's conspiracy. Yeah, the Queen's involved, the the Barack Obama, everyone's apparently yes. a big lizard, so which is lizards. I never I've never looked at the world the same since. But have you guys got any other like absolutely crazy really? conspiracy theory? You haven't looked at the world the same <laughs> since so uh, do, you, do you believe that everyone in power is a lizard? <laughs> um no I don't, but oh they make some good points, James. They make some good points. They make good points. what good points do they, they make? They make no good points. It's, it's complete bonkers, I'm afraid. Those lizards. But you're looking I think people. I think we're blowing this off way too soon here, Tom. You're saying that since you found <laughs> out a theory that the world is run by lizards. Lizard, you haven't looked at the world in the same way. I really want to break this open. Like, maybe I haven't, is it that maybe... maybe like, I'm not a the they're not lizards, but the maybe same. there's like a distant, 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 like great, 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 great grandfather lizard. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's great. Apparently millions of people believe it, especially in America, apparently. But I, I think I mainly couldn't look at the people who believe it the same. I think that's more that I've... More the oh, okay, okay, okay that's good. Good save, good save. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is that your favourite conspiracy theory out of the other ones that you had to look at? I, the, the I reckon so. I reckon that's the... Because that's just about everything. That's about the whole world. You know what I mean? That's that's the king of all conspiracy theories, I think. What's your favourite, James? Do you have a favourite? I might, I might need to have a bit of a think about it. I need to pass for the moment. Can we can we jump onto somebody else? Katie, have you got a conspiracy theory that's a fave? Um, I have a few running through my head. I don't know how true it is, but I remember reading and watching a conspiracy about how all the photos that we see of the moon are like edited to be black and white. Um, and we only ever see like one side of the moon. And NASA is like right. really picky with like the photos of the moon it releases. But I have no idea what that even means. <laughs> and there's like all these like conspiracies about like um, what's on the other side of the moon. And I think it was Project Clementine. I don't know, but there was this like NASA research thing and their logo was like a dragon and they were like Maybe it's a lizard. looking at the other side of the moon and then people had this weird conspiracy that Project Clementine was like looking after the weird dragon that lived on the moon and all the files for the project were lost and all this like weird suspicious stuff. What's I don't about reptiles so, and, and conspiracy so, so we, we can't see the other side of the moon because there's like a base there or something. I have no idea. It was like, again, very lizard people-esque. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah. then the whole, like, obviously one of the biggest one is like that they faked the moon landing is like another one that people mm. believe. There's a fantastic book and it was turned into a movie called Capricorn One and it was all about a kind of a, a NASA conspiracy to... Um, I think it was to like based on that whole idea of the moon landing, but it was about faking a, a landing on Mars. And it was all to do with the fact that they'd made some big commitment to going, we've got to go to Mars. And uh, But then they realised it couldn't be done. So they thought, well, but we're locked in. What are we going to do? And uh, so they ended up faking the whole thing. But then it turns into a thriller because um, the astronauts who were on it realise that... Uh, that they're like liabilities and they can't tell the story. So they then go on the run and they're being chased and all this kind of stuff. It's a fantastic book. Absolutely awesome. Thoroughly recommend. How about you, Rachel Park? Conspiracy theory number one for you. What is it? <laughs> Definitely has to be the flat earth conspiracy theory just because it's so... <laughs> oh, it's a classic. Like, people are so like adamant about it when it's very clearly not the case like the earth the earth is flat and you know we have the proof and it's like well go on to google earth my guy you can <laughs> all the information's right there <laughs> 
Oh, don't get me started on Google Earth. <laughs> Hashtag New World Google Order. Google Earth is made but by like, the lizard people. <laughs> Well, clearly, clearly, clearly it is. But um, it all comes back to the listen people. Didn't they? Didn't they make a doco about that recently? Where and it was this big thing about it was like and it was a meeting of the flat Earth society. Like it is actually a thing. Oh they gosh. really do exist. Yeah. And they had worked out that the way to prove it was that uh, something about looking through a telescope and being able to see that um, the curvature of the Earth would need to be picked up by a certain. So if you actually looked over a certain um, uh, kind of like amount of distance over the Earth's surface, it would have to then curve away in order to prove that the theory um, is true, that the Earth is in fact round. Uh, I just, I can't believe those words are coming out. It's yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. But um, but it would have to happen. So all this moment, and they were so sure that it was all going to happen and uh, uh, that it was going to, so the whole thing is leading up to this crescendo. And then at the very end, they realise that it does curve away. Oh, no. It's like, uh, oh, okay, that wasn't what we were expecting was going to happen. And it was this amazing kind of like ending to the story. So, so Tom, at the end of your whole conspiracy theory speech that you gave in Year 12, mm. like, what was your big ending? What was your big reflection on the world? I think it was... Um I think we were all doomed or something like something along those lines or something that we will never be out of. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, something Fun. cheerful like that. Yeah, I think that was... Sleep tight, everyone. Well, a perfect note to end on, I thought. So, yeah, something along I'm those lines. I'm sleeping well tonight. <laughs> but there's... Yeah, fantastic. I was just thinking, I forgot, how could I forget? Loch Ness. Like, that's a fun one. It's just like, yeah, there's like a little dinosaur living in a pond in Scotland, you know? Yeah. Like, there's nothing evil or mad bad about that it's like probably not real but it's like harmless fun <laughs> that's i reckon of all things that's probably I mean, you're asking before tom what's my favorite that'll always be my favorite because in fact i was actually having a conversation with someone about it just yesterday <laughs> about the loch ness and about the the famous photo yeah um of the of the 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 net coming out and all that stuff um and when someone actually explained it to me what it is and, and I, I really did believe it was common knowledge, but then I found out later that it wasn't. It's not something that people really talk about. Was that, have you heard the theory, like what, what that actually is, what it really is? No. I haven't. Okay, well, haven't heard it. That's amazing. Well, um, so someone explained to me, they said, um, at that time, through England and Scotland, one of the most popular uh, things that people did for like entertainment was uh, traveling circuses were the big thing. And they would just literally get in these kind of like big caravans, like caravans, not as in, you know, like a Jayco, but like a caravan, um, although that would be interesting to see, um, <laughs> like, you know, people going from town to town, they would just travel, you know, and sort of move from town to town. But what would generally happen is uh, that whenever they came to like a large body of water that all of the animals would make a big point of, of going and kind of like cleaning themselves off and, and all of that kind of stuff. But the way in which elephants clean themselves is what they do is they literally walk into the water uh, and walk underwater is what they do. But the way that they breathe is by having their trunk up above the surface oh. of the water as they go along. So once you know that and they show and I saw so they showed me photos of what it looks like when the elephants do that um, and uh, once you know that you can't really unsee it when you look at that photo of the of the that sort of like 
really sepia-toned looking image of what's supposed to be the neck of the uh, the Loch Ness monster coming out of the water, you kind of go, if you immediately think elephant trunk, it immediately changes. So you've everything. ruined the whole fun conspiracy. Oh no, I still believe, oh, okay, of course, because I want. But that's the thing, because you want to, you know, I want to believe that there's this plesiosaur, you know, uh, <laughs> swimming around in Loch Ness somewhere. That's how conspiracy. And I born. love, um, and I love too. I love um, uh, uh, faked UFO um, videos too. Mm. I love them. I think they're awesome because even though you know that they're faked, because there was one that was done um, over the uh, uh, in supposed to be taken in Haiti, and it's a uh, an image of like a flying like like a flying saucer thing, like literally flying overhead and someone gasping, and and it got all of these views and everyone kind of went crazy about it. Went, oh, this is absolute proof that it's kind of happened. But then a journalist that was looking to um, investigate it all to find out where the video came from was trying to track down the person. So what they did was they found the original posting of the uh, the video and just literally emailed the person through YouTube saying, hey, you know, just about taking the video about where you got it and everyone's going crazy for it saying this is proof of UFOs and all this sort of stuff. And what the person came back with said, oh, no one's gotten in touch with me at all to ask about it. Or I totally fake that. I'm like a, sci- a special effects dude. In fact, come over, visit, and I'll show you how I did it. And he had like this drone thing that he'd made out of it and had just done this like composite in Adobe After Effects. <laughs> And it looked amazing, but it was like a total fake. But no one had sort of bothered to even question its validity. Again, it's the everyone ju- wants to believe. Again, it's the journalists who are ruining everyone's fun. <laughs> Typical, isn't it? As always. Ugh. Rachel Park, Katie Panton and Tom Basso are the guest hosts, virtual guest hosts here on HD today, all in different corners of Adelaide, coming together to make a radio show, you know, for fun. Like the Powerpuff Girls, uh, but a bit but different. Ooh. Dude, we are so the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> I'm uh, the green one. I, f- I feel like that's just a given. <laughs> oh, I'm ginger spice, definitely. <laughs> oh, no, but maybe I'm a bit sporty. I don't know. You know, depends how I wake up feeling in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what to say to awesome. that. Yep. Great. I know. It's a, bit, it's a bit one of those. Yeah. I have no idea who's that. Well, you, you clearly know the Powderpuff Girls, Katie. So who are you? Who do you want to be? Um, I always wanted to be Bubbles. She's the blue one. Red is Blossom and green is Buttercup. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Tom Buttercup Basso? <laughs> Buttercup, well, there like you go. You got the alliteration. Well. Buttercup Basso. No, I'll take it. <laughs> anyway, like at the moment, we are. I mean, you know, if you had five cents for every time, you know, you said these are unprecedented times, you'd probably have two dollars ten. But <laughs> there, it is. It is. It is a weird time, and we find ourselves more and more kind of cut off from other people, and and like there's a lot of isolation going on at the moment and Rachel I mean at the moment um not to get too full-on and personal but like yeah you know for you this has been a bit of a, a bit of a tough it time it has been quite the uh volatile time it's been a certainly an interesting period in my life yeah yeah considering that I went through quite the breakup before we were officially ordered to start isolating yeah it's been quite interesting yeah that would have been tough Rachel like how long before how long before the the sort of the or the isolation order did that kind of happen I think was it right is that right on top of it yeah essentially it was like a week difference i think even probably less than that so you you were left with a situation of going you can't really socialize with people plus you're sort of dealing with the fact that you're sort of like someone who i imagine you'd been spending a lot of time oh with, yeah definitely um all of a sudden wasn't around mm-hmm. kind of anymore 
could you talk to us a bit about when you're sort of faced with a situation like that? I mean, it's it's hard, but what do you do when you find yourself like kind of like not just isolated in one way, but kind of like in two ways? What are the sort of things that you found yourself doing in order to, to get through all that? Yeah, I'll be the first to admit, I did not cope with this as uh, well as I would have liked to. It was certainly one of the most difficult things that's ever happened to me. But one of the big things that helped was definitely going to therapy, talking it out with my therapist, generally just talking about it with my friends and family. Being validated in the um, choices that I made was certainly helpful. And yeah, yeah, on top of that, just um, finding new ways, not to distract myself, but to, um, well, I suppose distracting was one part of it but just keep my mind preoccupied and just not keep dwelling on this event that happened because, well, I mean, being isolated, I ha- certainly have had a lot more time to think about things in my life, yeah. It, you, you hit on something there that I think is really important and I've sort of found that a lot lately is that, you know, in in merely the, the, the act of like communicating with others and really getting getting your thoughts out and sort of like laying them all out in front of people um how incredibly therapeutic that can yeah, be yeah definitely uh in in just speaking and communicating and getting other people's point of view because i think what you then get back is that people they like you say they validate what you're saying mm. they they affirm your choices and they affirm uh the kind of person you are and tell you because the first thing that you'll think whenever you you have a thought generally well i won't say that you or what that I do anyway is that when I have a thought that's generally that I find uncomfortable or difficult the first thing I'll think of is going well clearly I'm thinking about this the wrong way yeah clearly there's a problem with the way that I'm de- I'm somehow the problem here and the, the first thing that generally comes out when someone goes yeah that's exactly normal that's exactly how anyone would deal with that kind of situation and me personally like I do find that I live inside my my own head a lot. Mm, like yeah. I don't, uh, I, relate to I that, don't yeah. talk about. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. H- how about you, Tom, Katie? Do you find that the talking about the things that are difficult, especially when it, in this time when we're sort of like a lot more isolated and and not together with other people so much, um, uh, do you find that communicating with others is really crucial right at the moment? Yeah, yeah I think definitely. I'm oh, sorry, you go, Katie. Ah, no, sorry, we said the same thing at the same time. Um, yeah, I think it is really important. Yeah, I just think communicating has been really important in being really vocal about everything, in clarifying things. I feel like I used to be much more like I let it build up. I let all the little things build up and then I get explodes at once and it's just like all these problems and it's like you need to just identify if you're having a problem and talk about that then or else you're just gonna suddenly have all these problems that you're throwing at someone you know Mm. you need to like go through little Mm. things at a time like I don't like it when you don't close the cupboards especially if you're like living with lots of people it's like you can't just like talk about it then like if you're like hey i like it when you close all the cupboards when you leave the kitchen rather than just like getting really annoyed by it and then 
two weeks later you just explode and are really angry at the person because you've just been like passively aggressively getting annoyed and more annoyed and then you let it all build up yeah because at the time it's not a problem like at the time if you go hey if you could just keep the cupboard closed in the kitchen that's really awesome that really helps me out it's like yep fine great done and it's brilliant and it you know it's dealt with and it's actually a positive and affirming thing at the time but yeah let it let it fester and let it build up and it just yeah can be can be too much. Mm. And then you, How about for you, Tom? So, How have you found going it? Going on with that point, like then when you sort of like identify and more clear about what the problems are, because then you, instead you avoid thinking, oh, I've got a thousand different problems and stuff. But then when you actually sort of become more clear and sort of think, totally. you realise, oh, it's actually just one problem and, you know, half of another one. You know what I mean? So you sort of have a bit more. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Because then again, you just get overwhelmed and instead you just realise, oh, it's actually just this small thing I've got to sort out. So I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, advice. I think when there's a lot of things on your mind at once, and I actually find one bit of advice that I was once given was that, you know, if you are worried about a whole bunch of things, write them all out. Yeah. Write them out on a sheet of paper and look at them and go, okay, well, if I just then, re- there's like 10 things on that list. If I can do three of them today, then that's three less things to worry about. And um, and I'm like a, a real chronic calendar person too. Like I'll go because I've always got like a thousand things to do. It's very easy to go. I've got so much to do, I'm not going to be able to get through it all. If you basically go, okay, well, between this time and this time, I'll do this. Between this time and this time, I'll yep. do that. And you go, okay, well, there you go. It's, I'm dealt with. And immediately, so much tension falls off you. It becomes so much easier to deal Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Now, before we get into the next bit, Rachel Park, mm-hmm. I need to play this. Yes. Are you ready? I'm, I'm, I could not be readier. Do not adjust your radios. This is really happening. <laughs> this is beautiful. <laughs> A work of art. Beautiful. It is. All right. So can you can you please describe what it is we're listening to at the moment, Rachel? What okay, that? that is a song by the band The OCs called um, the the Daily Heavy. The Daily, the Daily Heavy. Heavy, a wonderful, beautiful song that <laughs> <laughs> I think perfectly. Just spoiler alert: it doesn't all of a sudden turn into a ballad. It just gets weirder it, yeah. and kind of crazier. That's- but why does this like this is a band that's very close to your yes. heart, um, Rachel? Can you talk a bit about why why you love them? So Okay, so I was introduced to the OCs by a uni friend of mine, uh, I'd say like six months ago, and it, in all honesty, it took me a while to get into them, but now that I am, I am thoroughly obsessed. The, so the um, to give a bit of background, the OCs are an American rock band. They were formed in San Francisco in 1997, so they've been around for a hot minute. Uh, they're now based in yeah, Los- and the yeah, rest yeah. Uh, they're now based in Los Angeles, and but my main obsession, I not obsession, that sounds super creepy, but I am <laughs> maybe enamored almost with the work ethic and just the coolest like sense of authenticity from the core member and frontman of the OCs, John Dwyer, my king. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right, okay. You're like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> no, like it's cool. Like I'm, you know, I think we all have. And, and I'm, I'm happy to use the word obsession. I think obsession is fine. You know, there's definitely. I think that anybody, anyone who works in anything creative like for a, for a long time you know I played as a guitar player in a touring in a touring band and 
you know, the first thing that people would often say is you kind of like go, oh, so do you think that people are naturally musically, natural musical talent, is that a thing? And my response was generally kind of going, no, musicians are just people who just got obsessed with music and just took it one step too far. Yeah, pretty and just much. went, well, oh, I reckon I could do that. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to sit around for eight hours a day and learn how to do exactly that. It's a kind of an obsession. Uh, and But what manifests out of that is like, as is the case with uh, John Dwyer and his bands that he's done, because I know he's been in a number of bands besides this one, yep. uh, is this amazing kind of like music that comes out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I suppose my so-called obsession from like this band comes from the fact that I try and emulate these like kind of ethics that John Dwyer has into my own music and my own like creative workflow. And what is it about like his work ethic and, and the kind of music he makes that really uh, appeals to you the most, Rachel? I suppose it's the fact that this man is like a workaholic. Like I know that you and I have discussed how we're also self-proclaimed workaholics, but this man mm. is inhuman in the amount of stuff that he does. Like it's brain frying <laughs> for lack of a better term. Another part of, of what it was that you mentioned too, Rachel, is that he's also been very uncompromising in terms of the kind of stuff that he makes that doesn't allow, uh, he's started his own record mm, label, yeah. it doesn't, um, it, so, so that in that in that case, that he can always do stuff that's just purely authentic to the kind of stuff that he wants to do. You know, he's, you know, um, and I think that's a huge part of of staying motivated mm. in terms of the kind of stuff that you do is is constantly just staying completely uh, sticking to your guns and going, no, I'm going to be making this kind of stuff and not kind of compromise um, uh, in that way. Yeah, I'm a real big person for authenticity, mm. absolutely. Yeah, you same. know, and to not yeah. do stuff that's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, I think that, you know, you be authentic, you be the, the truest self. And I think that you'll find, I mean, what do you think, Katie and Tom? I mean, I find that the people that I am naturally drawn to, the people that I like to be around, are the people I know are going, they are being completely true to the kind of people they are. And you feel like you it's know a, them kind of so the well thing. because of that. Absolutely. And you know that what's going to come out of their mouths if you talk to them, you ask them for their opinion, they're going to tell you. Yeah and be absolutely straight up front with you. It's, I think, in a, instinctually, we know that that's us being our best selves. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, what better yeah. way is there to be a part, you know, to be your truest, authentic self? Like, I don't think it gets any better than that. That's about time for us. Katie Panton, Rachel Park and Tom Basso have been the virtual guest hosts here on the show. Thank you so much for being on board, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you, as always. Thank you. Beautiful. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, thank you for Great having Great show. Us. I thought so. Very good. We, we definitely went on a, on a big, we definitely went off-road a few yeah. times <laughs> during that <laughs> conversation. But, uh, but considering kind of where we are at the moment, this kind of like weird, crazy world in which we find ourselves, I think you're being a bit inauthentic if you, ah, that word again, Rachel Ooh. Park, to be authentic. <laughs> yep. mm. We're it's being everywhere. inauthentic if we if we don't. So if, you, if you're just tuning in now, uh, you can catch up with this show on podcast. Just look for the podcast wherever you get your podcast, RHD Radio, and speak. Speaking of podcasts, oh my, do we have many podcasts now? As of last week, we have launched our fifth podcast channel through ArchD Radio, which is now, I think, 
probably very appropriately known as ArchD Radio and Podcasting. I think uh, <laughs> that name change is well overdue uh, considering how many we've done. So we have five different podcast channels out at the moment. The newest one that we have is called Parishes of Adelaide. And what we are doing at the moment is working with the um, Catholic Archdiocese of Adelaide to go out and have conversations with all of the different parishes that are out in Adelaide. And I mean, when we talk about the Archdiocese of Adelaide, we're talking about a very big uh, footprint of area. In fact, like the Archdiocese of Adelaide stretches all the way out to Mount Gambia. So uh, we'll be covering uh, conversations with parishes all the way out to just kind of see what they're doing at the moment, especially as mass is not something that's able to happen. We can't get together. I know that, you know, restrictions have been lifted at the moment just as of this week where um, uh, people can actually go into churches now for private uh, prayer and sort of for their own private um, uh, uh, you know contemplation and reflection uh, but in terms of mass it's going to be a long time before we have a chance to connect in that way again so uh, it's great to have that chance to have a conversation to see what people are actually doing and what they're actually finding uh, not necessarily in new ways of connecting but old ways of connecting that have since kind of uh, stopped occurring because of, of, of you know the evolution of the way that that masses have kind of developed in the way that church life has developed. It's really fascinating. Definitely check it out. Uh, we've now put all of our podcast stuff together in one place. So whether you're on Facebook or Instagram or both, you can jump onto ArchD Radio and Podcasting and we've got all of the links to all of our different podcasts and all of our different things there. So you can definitely check them out. We are here though with ArchD Radio as the radio show every Wednesday night from nine, every Saturday night from 10 here on 107.9 Life. We will see you again in a few days. See you later, guys. See ya. Bye. See ya. Bye.